Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Raw did indeed start this week with Seth Rollins coming to the ring. He is the United States champion. I tell you this, if he ain't a babyface now, I'm living on planet Tuba. He was talking about his US title and how now everybody wants a shot at it, including my mum, which was a very unexpected reference. And then when he started laughing about Austin Theory trying to cash in last week and failing, all the crowd started to go, that was stupid. And Seth was like, he's going to be here later. Make sure you sing that. I was like, well, that's not very nice. I think he's been through enough. We really did sell this championship as a big deal, though. And I tell you, if Roman Reigns is going to gobble up all the other titles, this is exactly what you should do. Because not only is it helping Seth Rollins become a babyface again, but it's just making me look at it and go, well, if you care, I should care. And that's better for WWE all around. I mean, it just helps everyone, including my mother, because I've already told you she wants to win it. <laughs> Bobby Lashley interrupted this dude. is just on a tear right now. He was so mad about everything that had gone down recently. He was like, Seth, I'm going to kill you. Seth then reminded Bob, you may want to calm down there, Mr. Lashley, because you lost to Brock Lesnar at Crown Jewel. And the whole time, Bobby Lashley just had that massive war wound on his chest when he did get cut open seven days ago. And here we stand in the future, and I still don't know what the flub that was. This all then went nuts because Mustafa Ali walked out, and even the referee was going, no, Mustafa, don't do it. You're going to get your ass whipped, which is basically what happened. Like, he got in there... He charged at Bob, who's just like, what are you, a fly? He chucked him out of the ring. Ali did like that, so he made a match. And in terms of this opening segment, it was more than fine. I like the fact that Seth Rollins is a super duper good guy again. And he was also wearing some glasses here that made him look like a bug. Works for me. Up. It also led right into Lashley versus Mustafa Ali. And I tell you this, this is exactly what we should have done, given what we're meant to be doing with Bobby Lashley. Just not 100% sure we should be doing it against Mustafa. Because basically, he got absolutely destroyed here. And after Bobby Lashley had hit him with a Dominator, ref was like, right, that's it. We're done. We cannot continue this. But Ali was like, no, no, I must continue. I must do it. So he ran into the hurt lock. 
<laughs> and he passed out. And sure, he was able to smash out a tornado DDT, but that was the equivalent of me coming around your house and giving you a hug. What did we actually achieve here? Like I've already said, I absolutely love how we're treating Lashley at the moment. He is genuinely terrifying, and for that reason alone, I'm giving this an up. But I swear this happens to Mustafa Ali every single week. And if you do it too much, you Dolph Ziggler him. I don't want to be mean about Dolph Ziggler, but Dolph Ziggler got Dolph Ziggler. So sometimes you have to call out Dolph Ziggler when you see a Dolph Ziggler. What? Point is down. We were then with the OC as AJ Styles challenged Finn Balor for Survivor Series. So that will be absolutely wonderful. As Luke Gallows is all like, hey, I deserve some credit for bringing in Mia Yim because I'm somewhat of a ladies man. Weird. Carl Anderson then called Yin the toughest woman in WWE, and they also used the word Mitchin, I think, here, which is Korean for crazy, so that was kind of cool. And she also told the crew that they're going to drink a bunch of beers after she beats Tamina, and I did some research, there ain't nobody meaner. That's exactly what she did too, because it was Mia Yin versus Tamina, who, hey, there's nobody meaner. And while Tamina did get a little something something, basically Mia Yin went there. I'm brand new to Raw, I can't lose to you, I'm going to whip your ass. And she was able to do this too even though Rhea Ripley and Dominic walked to ringside they were like ah you're gonna lose because we're casting distraction but Mia was like no I know what's going on here and she hit Tamina with the eat defeat I believe it was called I mean, this couldn't have gone more than two minutes, but it did what it had to do. And afterwards, Mia was like, come on, Rhea Ripley, let's fight. And even though Rhea pretended she was going to, she was like, no, bruh, I don't want to. And look, we probably could do something more with Tamina because she is such a Mina. But she's already been Dolph Ziggler. And we know she's been Dolph Ziggler. So we don't care about the fact that she got Dolph Ziggler. Giving it up. This stuff with Elias and Riddle too. It is totally, totally vile. But we were chatting to Riddle, who said that Elias wasn't here this evening because he's out there getting gigs for their band when the Alpha Academy interrupted. And I was chuckling away at this point because I was like, man, good thing we retired the interruption counter. That thing would be going off. They thought that this team was a joke and a clown show, though. And the best part about this is that when Chad Gable said it, Riddle was like, yeah, whatever. But as soon as Otis joined in, Matthew was like, oh, man, all right, calm down, Otis. And he was genuinely broken up about it. I tell you, you can give me 742 five-star matches, and I will always prefer nonsense like this. Gable then told Riddle he would see him in the ring as Riddle played his bongos. Now, if you watch this sober, it was like, what the flub is going on? So if anybody out there did a bunch of drugs and tuned into this, well, I hope you're okay. Damage Control then quickly offered Mia Yim a spot on their War Games team, but Mia was like, well, I don't really have a problem with Bianca Blair, Alexa Bliss and Oscar, but don't worry, because this gets so weird later. When, yeah, it's time for Chad Gable versus Riddle. And that is always going to be good. i tell you why it was super duper great. It's because Chad Gable actually won. And it has been the case over the last couple of months or the last couple of years that he has fallen into that Sami Zayn territory from around about three years ago where he just puts in good performance, good performance, good performance, but he isn't able to buy a W, whereas recently that's been starting to change. I mean, because we did have Otis at ringside, we tied into that wrestling trope in the sense he was just interfering like your dad when you're trying to get that passion project off the ground. 
was like, father, just let me get on with it. Middle was able to fight back eventually with this knee powerbomb thingamajig, which was pretty cool. But this Gable man, he hit this DDT slam, whatever you want to call it, and it was so damn good that when he tried to ping Riddle and Riddle kicked out, even Gable was like, well, honestly, something must be going on here because that was absolutely amazing. But then it just became wrestling tennis because Riddle hit DDTs and Gable was hitting moves. Honestly, they just fit so well together. Makes me happy. Eventually, Riddle was able to get on top, so he started to set up for the RKO, but this is when Otis went, ha ha, and he cast a distraction, which allowed Chad to hit the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up, and he also used the ropes, as well as Otis grabbing his foot. So out of all of the most devastating moves in all of sports entertainment, this one is probably the most devastating of them all. Riddle was truly shocked by this, and I should also point out, while I call it a surprise roll-up, this was actually a backslide, which has made its way back into wrestling recently. Honestly, I'm never gonna be mad at Chad Gable winning giving it up. That is definitely a distraction finish though, you can't argue that. If you do, your name is probably Triple H. Hello Mr. Levesque, nice to see you. But it rolls up to 22, because we really like that finish. I then think we tried to turn Baron Corbin and JBL into the new APA. Huh. They were in the back playing poker and smoking cigars when somebody walked up and said, oh, would you like this fabulous Kentucky drink? And Branch was all like, I ain't drinking no Kentucky drink because Kentuckians are idiots. Don't worry, we were in Kentucky. This wasn't just some weird aberration. Of all the people, Tazawa then just turned up and I actually shouted, well, where have you been, Tazawa? You haven't been returning my calls. And he sat down and he wanted to play poker even though he didn't understand the rules. JBL then thought this was a great idea, even though I'm not sure Baron agreed. And we'll just skip forward to later because I love this segment because when we did go back to it, it turned out Tazao was really good at this and he had wiped the other two out. As I said earlier, goofy wrestling for life. It of course meant they're gonna have a match and we'll talk about that in a bit, but I was dying here. It was time for Ms. TV tell you it always feels like it's time for Ms. TV. Brian Saxton was helping out here so I suppose it was Sax Ms. TV which is the worst thing I've ever said in my life and I should be pushed off a cliff and the whole point is that Ms. expected Saxon to ask him a bunch of questions and he had a pre-prepared statement here because he was just trying to let everyone know I didn't do anything bad to Dexter Loomis and all that stuff you saw me saying recently on a tape with the movie producer that was just lies. I fed them what they wanted to hear because I wanted to sign up the movie. Well, that makes no sense, because it's like, oh, did you kill that guy? I sure did, because I wanted to get in the papers. <laughs> it was absolutely the worst idea. And eventually, Johnny Gargano came out and said the same thing. He was like, look, you haven't treated Dexter Loomis very nicely. You're a massive goober, so maybe finally, finally, you want to go sort it out. They then did argue about Mrs. Sweater for a while, and to be fair, I was confused about this when he came out in a cardigan, and as it turned out, it was because the Miz was trying to look innocent. Once again, I can't lie, that actually made me laugh because it was so daft and it was so stupid. And Miz sold this so seriously, I kind of liked it. It did actually lead to the Miz shouting, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I just want this to be over. As John was all like, just pay the man. But also in a couple of weeks, I presume at the Survivor Series, I've talked to WWE officials and it's going to be the Miz versus Dexter Loomis. And if Dexter does win, not only does he get his moolah, but he also gets a WWE contract. Now, even within the story, we have been told that Loomis definitely did some stalking. So why anyone in management is cool with this, I will never know. We then had this cool moment to end because Miz was all 
were like, oh man, Johnny, you tell Dexter Loomis that I'm coming for him. When Gargano was like, well, why don't you tell him himself? Because, of course, Dexter Loomis was disguised as the cameraman and he whipped the Miz's ass. Well, he tried to anyway, but the A-lister was able to get away. And then, <laughs> Dexter Loomis's music played, even though within the story, he is not an employee in the company. But apparently the audio guy just loves him. This was absolutely fine, though. I do kind of feel like we've missed the peak of this storyline, but I really appreciate how long it's been going on, because sometimes we don't get long-term narratives. And when it all is said and done, I think I'll look back and go, that was quite fun. We did some innovative things, and we had some goofy segments, and you already know how I feel about goofy wrestling. So I'm going to give it an up, but it is time to draw a line. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. I think Kelly was then going to interview Shelton Benjamin, which made my eyebrow fly up because it means he's not vanishing from the show as he usually does. And just as he was about to talk about things, he got interrupted by the Judgment Day. It was mostly Dominic and Damien Priest, and this Dom man, he's such a piece of trash. He's like, oh, well, if it isn't Shelton Benjamin, who has been crap ever since my deadbeat dad and Eddie Carrero were a team. But honestly, he just prods people in the chest and doesn't expect to be hit. Surprise, surprise, Benjamin threatened to kick his ass and Dominic sold this wonderfully. Especially when Damien Priest stepped in, kind of challenged Shelton to a match. And Benjamin was like, yeah, I accept. 
but I'm taking on the kid. Domu's like, wait, what? Why is he fighting me? Honestly, he has found his place in the wrestling world. And it's totally, totally great. And we then got to this too, and I will tell you straight as an arrow, I really enjoyed this. Because despite Dominic being the up and coming heel, Shelton Benjamin just absolutely kicked his ass. And the only reason he lost is because he wasn't able to handle the judgment day is a running theme on Raw. I mean, Mysterio was going to go for the 619 at some point, but Shelton just cut him off and hit this exploder suplex. And by the end of it, you were like, well, I tell you, Benjamin would have probably won that if he only had some friends that may or may not be in the business of hurting people. Because as soon as he was getting some momentum, Damian Priest cast distraction that allowed Dominic to hit the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, but Shelton's been doing this for ages. So he was able to get out of it, but then eventually Rhea Ripley too was going, oh, hey, over here. That allowed the judgment day to attack. Dominic took advantage. He hit the frog splash. One, two, three. Sheldon lost again. But seriously though, one, Dominic is so damn entertaining and I find all of this fun. And two, I am putting my name in the sand. I'm drawing that line. And I'm saying I think the Hurt Business are coming back, which is one of the reasons why I'm enjoying all of it. Now, I will be proven wrong. I don't care. I'm Indiana Jones and I found artifacts. I ain't got to worry about nothing giving it up. Also though, bring it down. That is another <laughs> distraction finish. Flub me, WWE loves him. Austin Theory was here next. He wasn't happy. He told us that nobody understood the pressure he was under, especially as he'd been dubbed the next big thing. And as far as he's concerned, he's already surpassed that expectation. And he is the greatest man that has ever walked this earth. That's like, sure, Austin, sure. He also tried to tell us that he didn't fail last week because trying to catch him made him feel more alive than ever. I was like, actually, he makes a good point here because that is what life is all about. You should go out there and try things, but it's not about winning or losing or success or failure. It's about putting yourself in uncomfortable positions and ensuring that you experience life. I was like, okay, Theory, you make a good point. Theory had more here too, though, to try and justify, because he was like, what was I going to do? Cash in on Roman Reigns? You just know the bloodline was going to be interfering, because that's what they did do. And also, when I did try to cash in on Seth Rollins, I didn't lose, did I? I got destroyed by that idiot Bobby Lashley. So as a way to get your heat back and kind of change your character, I thought this was very good. This is when Dolph Ziggler just popped in and was all like, that was the worst cash in I'd ever seen. Believe you me, I know a thing or two about cash-ins, because I had the best one ever. This was all done to set up a match later, but once again, I would tell you, there was something about this theory persona that I quite liked. Also looks like he's growing his beard in. WWE may actually have a plan. Dana Brooke then told us how sad she was that the 24-7 title wasn't here anymore. So you would have presumed we would have done Dana Brooke versus Nikki Cross part two, but we didn't. It was EO Sky versus Dana. Dana went for a handspring elbow. She totally missed. So EO Sky hit the moonsault and beat her for the one, two, three. Mia Yim then just walked out afterwards. It was all like, oh, hi. I am actually going to join Bianca Belair's Survivor Series team. And I was like, wait a minute. Earlier, you told Damage Control that you had no beef with Bianca Belair and all her buddies, but you never said you had beef with Damage Control, so you just went back against your word. And of course, the real reason we did this is later on, Rhea Ripley was going to find Damage Control and say, listen, I'm in your war games pack now because I must kill Mia Yim. And I did like that. But this was all so damn random. And if you want to be a massive nerd, it didn't make any sense. It also was so quick and kind of zoomed past that you couldn't really take any emotion from it. So it lacked the necessary impact 
giving it a damn. It's also important to note here that throughout the whole show, the commentators were going, man, it's Austin Theory. I think he's gone kind of crazy now ever since he lost his briefcase. He's not even taking selfies anymore. When it was time for Theory versus Dolph Ziggler, <laughs> Dolph Ziggler won. However, there is a twist. Because for anybody in the past week who's been like, oh man, I can't believe they buried Austin Theory, I think that you are totally wrong. At one point, Dolph Ziggler was able to hit the zigzag. But I'm not going to lie, I stood up and I was like, Ziggles, why do you keep hitting that thing? You've been doing it for like 15 years and I don't think it's ever beat anyone. He was about to hit a super kick though when Austin Theory smashed out the A-Town down. And instead of going for the pin, he absolutely murked this guy. I mean, he was throwing him all around the place. He was throwing him into tables. He was throwing him into ring posts. He was just throwing chairs into his head. To the point the referee was like, you can't kill a man during a wrestling match. I'm calling it off. Theory was all mad and eventually stormed off. And I do believe we're trying to get across that he's less goof and he's more oof. That's probably the best thing to do after somebody has lost the briefcase. We're also not done with the man. So look at my eyebrow again. It has gone up. I think this could be like Liv Morgan on SmackDown where actually having an aftermath plan is better than the plan it would have been if it had been successful to begin with. And that wasn't even sentence structure. The point is, I think this is good. Confident. Up. And then Baron Corbin beat Tazawa. I can't lie, as much as I like Baron, there was a part of me that really wanted Tazawa to win. Now, he could have done this, but eventually he went for a dive and he just got thrown into Barry Barricade. And he tried to hit a Shining Wizard, but Corbin was just like, <laughs> I'm not going to fall for that. And he hit the end of days. Uno, dos, tres. So this was just another way to get a win for Baron Corbin. But as I keep saying each and every week, I can just feel something brewing here. Like, I don't know what it is, but I feel like WWE does has a plan and we have to be patient. I would also like to see Tozawa on my television more because he's so damn entertaining. And he did do a little Twitter post where he showed his ninja costume and he wrote goodbye. So maybe he's just going to go back to being a badass wrestler. That's what he should do. Interview with Bianca Belair and her team about war games after this. And they said, look, we've almost got our team finished, but we've got one more person. And believe you me, when you find out who it is, you're not going to believe it because they are dangerous. However, she didn't tell us who this was. So it was the damn Facebook post again. Oh, man, what a terrible day. Oh, what happened, babe? Can't talk about it. Don't say anything then. Sorry. This was all leading up to our main event, though, and after we had bigged up the fact we were going to get Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor for the US title, and we had this really weird segment between Seth and Alpha Academy where they just sung for a little while. Well, listen to what I just say. It was Finn versus Seth, the title was on the line, and you could do this all around the world 789 times, and it would always be good. You should go and watch it. They got an absolute ton of time as well. And in the early going, Seth Rollins was hitting a dive. So Finn Balor grabbed him and threw him into Ali and table. And then we were just doing slim blades. We were teasing stomps. We were smashing super kicks. And this Finn even reversed the frog splash into the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. Bravo. These crazy mofos even pretended that they were going to do the powerbomb spot into Barry Barricade. And when you remember that's how Finn Balor got injured back in 2016 and had to give up the Universal title, I started to absolutely panic. But of course, this was a tease. Balor got out of it and he punched Seth in the face. It didn't help massively because Rollins then got back in the ring, hit this sit-out powerbomb and a superplex. But then from nowhere, Balor got up. He hit the 1916 for a near fall. 
and I cannot take how good these two are at professional wrestling, and somehow they just keep getting better. Seth also made sure he hit the Falcon Arrow, because this was the most wrestling tennis you've ever seen in your life. And of course, out came the Judgment Day. Now, I shouldn't laugh, because they are all over Raw, but when they do arrive, they have such shit-eating grins, you can't help but giggle. They know what they're doing and they don't give a fuck. It also meant that the OC arrived to try and stop them. And at one point, Dominic Mysterio and Carl Anderson were just in the ring. Apparently this was perfectly fine. In the middle of another match. And even though Carl went to Merc Dom, eventually Damien Peace went raw and he got involved too. Finn Balor was then also getting involved because he saw an opportunity and he climbed to the top rope. This is when AJ Styles was here as well. And he pushed Finn off the top and actually said, to myself, everybody involved in this is a massive dick. Somehow Rollins used all of that as an opening of his own and he hit the curb stop and he got the one, two, three. But let's just get it done. Add another one to the distraction counter. But I think the reason that this did work is that we took multiple storylines and we sewed them together. The only real part is, where the hell was Bobby Lashley? You think he would have wanted to get involved. It is going to get it up though, because it was so damn good. I think the reason Bob was vanishing is that when Seth Rollins was celebrating, going, whoa, 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 it was Austin Theory who ran out. And once again, because he's all unhinged now, he kicked the crap out of Seth Rollins meaning Raw finished with him raising the US title and standing tall. So there is your burial, people. It did not happen. And I actually think he has some momentum here. Now, he doesn't have to win the US title. We just have to come up with a plan because we've said it once. We have said it a thousand times. Even if somebody does have a bad week, it only takes a few other ones before they're rocking and rolling again. And this has left me totally intrigued. I also like the direction of Raw at the moment because it's quite clear we're focusing on Survivor Series and War Games. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Want to know what it takes to make a million bucks? Check out My First Million. 
Every week, we dive into different business opportunities and explain how to pounce on them. From one-man online operations to brick-and-mortar strategies, we cover it all. So whether it's your first million followers or dollars, start getting inspired with My First Million wherever you get your podcasts.